in brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power, oranges lust and blues you can trust, indigos feel and white ones heal, yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 549. Woohoo! <laughs> Somebody oh. has to do it. <laughs> Somebody, you know what? And if there's one to do it for, it's got to be this. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but we are gathered here today to discuss three of the greatest words in this or any language. More far sector <laughs> so, so so good it brought dan out of semi-retirement <laughs> listen there's a difference between retired and just plain tired <laughs> <laughs> well take us in man broadly we're talking about the uh the dc power 2024 anthology the lead story in it is a new far sector a new far sector story written by N.K. Jemison with art by Jamal Campbell. And they got to get together and do a, how long is it? One, two, three, four, <laughs> like 14 or so page epilogue chapter to their story about Joe's time on the city enduring. And, you know, this, this is all basically revolves around Joe's final day before leaving the city enduring to go off into whatever her career as a Green Lantern has next for her. John Stewart came to basically pick her up and help her help her move out. And uh, she's just sort of taking him around the city and and telling him about all of like the big moments that happened in her year there. You know, they touch on they touch on the concept of the emotional exploit and people just going their entire lives without feeling anything until all of a sudden having to deal with it. They talk about the, the riot that she had to stop when police started firing on a crowd. And, but at the same time, they balance that with just like the beauty of what this, this, civilization is and represents especially now that's moved into a phase where the suppression of emotions is no longer like that's no longer the law of the land and while this is going on all of joe's friends her entire supporting cast from the far sector series is utterly struggling with the concept of throwing a surprise party to see her off like anything like it, it's it all comes down to she's the only human they've ever seen or even heard of before and are trying to come up with food and entertainment that will not 
instantly kill her. <laughs> and just watching that comedy of errors play out is very funny. And it all culminates in one touching scene at the party where they say their goodbyes and we get like this this beautiful splash page of Joe and John flying off into into future adventures together. And I don't I don't know about you guys, but I was just over the moon when I found out this was even going to exist, let alone when I got to finally read it. Honestly, in terms of like reviewing and saying like was it a good story or like any of that, it's almost almost moot in a way because it's like, you know, it's an epilogue. You know, it's it's it is meant to transition us from where we were to where we're headed, um, at least in terms of giving us some sort of closure to when we last saw Joe versus when we saw her, um, you know, join the fight with the John Stewart series and everything. Um, so is there anything super revelatory here or anything? No. Does it look like some hijinks may be up? Uh, up in the city enduring after she leaves yeah they definitely plant seeds for that uh, but nothing so intense that you know you know could we come back here sure could we not yeah maybe um but it was definitely fun and you know you know i'm gonna say it mark probably already has a joke planned for it uh i was really happy to see jamal campbell coming back to do the artwork <laughs> for, to make it to make it really concise there um i will say one quick thing about jamal campbell is there's a variant for this which is a wraparound jamal campbell variant which is yes. really cool but for some reason the one in 25 version of that uh takes the kind of pale green that jamal campbell uses for these constructs and stuff and just makes it the regular green that we normally see and it looks awful um, that stinks <laughs> so i don't know if you can find the difference between the two those two if you can find those two covers online they're both jamal Cubble, jamal campbell wraparound variants but one is a one one in 25 and it's called a fifth color wraparound variant and it's just it's it's very strange to see the 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 green we're used to in in uh, in this uh, far sector style, um, but it's cool. I I will say I thought I thought it odd that Can has didn't know more about this stuff, but she does seem to be sort of leading everybody anyway. So at least she knows the most. Yeah, well, to be fair, most of her knowledge about Earth comes from pop culture. Like she knows. She knows so much about the movies that Joe loaded onto her laptop before coming here. And beyond that, it's like bits and pieces. Mm. What do you think, Mark? I enjoyed the story. It's interesting because in a way, this return to the city enduring kind of reminded me about or it reminded me of the things I liked and the things I didn't like about this series when I was reading it. Because when I, we when we re, when we were doing this series, obviously it was very creative to create this environment and this world and its whole culture and all the you know all the names and all the different things and but it wasn't necessarily easy to follow though obviously when you're reading the twelve issue maxi series you kind of got used to a lot of these things but then having been removed from it for so long, kind of being dumped back into it and then having it's 
the first page when they're kind of introducing everybody and what their roles are, it kind of, it kind of reminded me not nearly as it's not nearly as intimidating, but it reminded me of that cheat sheet they gave out back in the original Dune movie in the 80s where they gave to anybody who went to see it in the theater because they kind of figured, well, they're going to be throwing so much stuff at you that if you don't read this ahead of time, you're going to be completely lost. So it kind of reminded me of that. And as the story played out, it's like, yeah, if you were not a, a diehard Far Sector fan, or even if you were, but you hadn't even read anything about the city enduring in, in well over a year, two years, however long that. And I know we've gotten another, we have, we've, we had another story set in the city enduring since then, but it's been years since this book came out. It's not the easiest stuff to jump into. There's a lot of layers to this stuff. So that's the stuff I, I, I kind of was always a little problematic to me about this book. But the artwork obviously is really good. The it's good seeing Joe again. Obviously, Jamal Campbell draws Joe in a in a different way than almost anybody else does. So that is so that's kind of unique, and I do appreciate that, especially when the Chad and I were looking at the preview art for the next Green Lantern book when Joe still looks really good. But she's obviously not drawn with the same uh, posterior, let's say, when someone else is drawing her <laughs> compared to uh, uh, Jamal Campbell. Man, who knows? It's 2024. Maybe it's somehow racist if you draw her with junk in the trunk if you're not Jamal Campbell. I don't know. But but I did enjoy it. I And I, I really enjoyed the interaction between John and Joe. I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. And it just. Yeah. It, yeah. So that those are my basic thoughts on it. Yeah, her, uh, him finding the plushie of himself in her, <laughs> yes, her, her apartment. And he's like, "Look, relax. I got one of these the minute they came out at Comic Con." So yeah. I, I do, I do love that because you know, let's be honest. If you were a superhero, no matter how non-vain you may be, somebody puts out an action figure or a plushie of yourself, you're gonna check it out. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I love the fact that, like, you know. Does it make does it make sense that John would go there to get her? Well, probably not. But at the same time, I'm glad that he is there because we know from a couple interviews now that when N.K. Jemison was offered the job to write Far Sector, the only Green Lantern she knew was, hey, that John Stewart is on that Justice League cartoon. So like, I like does it. Like, does it have to make super sense that he's here? Not really. I'm just kind of glad she got to throw him in there at the last minute. Touching on the art again, like, I think this art is great. It stands up perfectly well with the rest of the 12 issue series. I really like this one, this one little indulgence he gives himself on a like towards the end when they're gang ready. They're uh, trying to figure out how to make a cake. Oh, for this yeah, party, the, the chibi scene. Yeah, where like yeah. it's they they've made like the worst, most poison cake imaginable, and a, another character who I think is new for this, I forget, but he is he's like he's one of the, of the uh, digital hologram sentient people, and he's like, hey, good news, everybody, I got I just downloaded this program that lets me like eat food. Hey, what's that? A cupcake? Let me try it, and there's Cuts to this like banner, this of like all the characters in like this like chibi little cute form rushing him to the hospital with X's in his eyes, and it's the most adorable thing. I mean, they he also plays with like when they when the cake first comes out, it's got like a little death cloud with a skull and crossbones. So yeah. he is definitely getting a little more creative. I I really 
Look, I know that the the idea is that the performance is bad, but I really liked uh, the color, the, the design, the action in the um in the band that's playing for them and auditioning for this party or whatever. Oh yeah, uh, the character designs are really cool. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting to see like not only how would you design an alien um instrument, but what what does the rocker version you know like the what what does the rocker version of these individual species look like in their interpreted uh, in the way it's interpreted in their clothing? Like how, how, how can you still make them distinctly the species they're supposed to be in this world that you set up, but now also give them a completely different genre <laughs> to play with and see what a rock group looks like. <laughs> and I, I love yeah. the touch too that like they're playing music from earth but they're they're not good at it because they haven't haven't known about it for very long so all the music notes in the air are like distorted and like kind of shaky Mm. and like all i can think is i i want to know what song they're trying to play (laughs) yeah tribute by uh by oh tenacious yes yeah, it's, it's definitely tenacious d gotta be, gotta be. <laughs> oh man <laughs> um but no i i liked it i liked that we got to go back um the end it was cool to see um all these characters again john look john there's a panel where you know can has has her own disco ball for some reason uh but john is just having a conversation holding a drink and laughing it's been a while since we've seen those moments just in any DC book, just in terms of heroes getting together and the world not crumbling apart beneath their feet. Um, but I thought it was cool and, you know, interesting. I, I, I kind of like the the construct dress she makes herself there, yeah. uh, complete with lip gloss, earrings, necklace, gloves, heels, the works. Um, so I like that. Uh, Joe has been kind of because we saw in Far Sector, but not not too deeply. We saw like a raincoat and stuff like that. I like that Joe is experimenting with fashion here uh, by using the ring. I, I do like it's not specific to fashion. It's just I do like seeing new ways a new lantern decides to use their their power because, you know, Kyle for is as a good example he's an artist so uh, how many times did we see him with a construct easel uh or you know doing crazy things like uh you know just to help him do his artwork and stuff like that that's not a critical use of his power but it's you know i'm a green lantern and i'm going to use the power to do xyz it's interesting that we've been able to see that kind of joe is doing the same thing and finding her own path forward with the power outside of the actual job duties and fashion's an interesting choice Definitely. Definitely. And it's a it's a creative thing that you wouldn't expect to see done. Yeah. And it does wonders for the artists, too. They get to have fun with something much in the same way, you know, Daryl liked, you know, the fact that he got to draw Kyle and him being an artist and all the kind of crazy stuff that he got to draw in construct form. You can tell that, you know, Jamal Campbell gets to have fun in this avenue. So. Yes. I liked it. I do wish was the was the kind of it was like a noir detective thing last time we saw her. Right. Is was that in the was that in Pride or Power? That that was in one of the Pride anthologies. I forget which one. It might have been the 
I don't think it was the most recent one. Am I? I, I don't. I don't it was. Le- I was. Well, you mean most recent this year or last? Was there one? Did one come out yet for this year? Because I thought it was last year for some reason. But then again, years just kind of blend into each other. Maybe. Well, I. I. I want to say it was probably 2022, but it could have been 2023. Because I don't think one came out. Pride stuff is June, yet. isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Yeah, it, yeah, sometime in the last two years it was uh yeah, it was a short, it was like an eight page story, it was all black, white, gray tone, except for the constructs which were green. It was and still it was Jamal green. or someone who was aping his style, wasn't it? It was not, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it definitely was a different artist. That 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 was a that was a story which I kinda liked because she got she would she got pissed at the stereotype because she was bisexual. That means she would want to sleep with everybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do wish they would re, you know, re trade, re-release a trade that contained the stories from Pride and Power. And now that we have because we've got this epilogue, we've got the story we were just talking about from Pride, kind of seeing the transition at off off world or whatever at the end of the book in all in one nice volume. Man, I wish we had that. But I know there's no way they're re-releasing a trade of Far Sector just to include two little anthology stories. Well, you know what they could do? Because they're they are releasing it. They're releasing Far Sector in every format they can think of because they they have the single issues. They have the the on one trade paperback. They're putting it in the first wave of those um, digest paperback okay. trade, re- trade reprints. I forget what the I, it, I don't know what DC's DC calling it. Yeah, like oh. DC mini. Well, basically they're t- they're taking a bunch of like of like acclaimed uh, new reader friendly trades and reprinting them all at the size of a standard paperback novel, which or like slash manga volume because that's that form factor is the highest selling book type in the country. So they're they're putting that forward. Uh, now that you have all 12 issues and an epilogue, give me Absolute Far Sector. I don't own this series physically yet. I will pre-order that instantly. Or deluxe version with that slightly oversized style. Yeah, like they just they just announced um, uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is getting a deluxe hardcover, which if yeah. you haven't read that book, fucking read that book. It's incredible. I like those deluxe editions, too, because it's always like... It's not like artist editions where you get like a massive, massive uh, volume and it's really, really big pages. But they always the deluxe versions are always like. Two to three inches added to each page in terms of dimension. Um, Well, you you know what they are? They're the same size. Well, not the not thickness, obviously, but the same size as the omnibuses. Gotcha. Yeah, that's nice. I do like that. It looks like we're both right, by the way, Dan. Because what? because we covered we covered this we covered the pride story I believe when we did the power issue last February so but oh, I do okay. but I do believe if I even and if it makes sense with in recall anyway that the actual story with Joe did come out in 2022 but we didn't cover it until 2023 with the with the power or February February of last year so that's so yeah that makes sense we do tend to forget the anthology stuff or deprioritize it there's there's still a couple of stories like a halloween story that with john stewart or whatever that we haven't covered on the show so i mean with the short stuff it makes sense to group them yeah sometimes mm-hmm. um but i like this great i uh, I'm, I'm nothing wow wow factor here other than you know just 
more of the same, but just a little bit more comedy than we saw last time and a little more lightheartedness. And um, yeah, they definitely, they definitely do like set up some things um, for the, for, for the future. If we ever come back to the city enduring, but it doesn't seem sinister enough that we're going to be like chomping at the bit for the next thing other than just because we like far sector. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my biggest regret is that I didn't have time to reread far sector before this, because as much as it was kind of a victory lap where we're checking in with everybody one last time and, and like having fun and, and as we're on our way out the door, it also was like, like there was, there was, specific characters it was bringing back that i had to stop and think wait is that yeah i get i think that's that that police captain that or whatever his rank is that or that was in charge during that riot i think this person that joe's visiting in in jail or whatever that is is the like the killer that ran from her in the first or second issue like Things that if I if I had read it more recently, I would probably be like, oh, yeah, them. But like I got it's still like the point of their scenes resonated. It just didn't like key in. I was like, oh, I remember that person. Um, I do want to point out that. In terms of returning to the city enduring, you know, they can do that very easily without coming up with a reason for Joe or anybody else to go back. Since all 12 issues of Far Sector only covered the first half of her year there. Uh, and the only other story set there was that Detective Noir story in the Pride Anthology. And then we jump right to her last day. So anyone who wants to has more than enough time to play with if they ever want to tell more solo Joe stories in this setting. Sure. All right. Uh, what's next? I guess we'll do the Guy Gardner story. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So I guess I'm I'm gonna do that one. I guess. Uh, Go I'll, for it, Mark. I'll try to do much like my Alan Scott wrap ups. I'll try to do this in the Dan Kurtzke tradition because it's not like it's not like there's that much meat on the bone here. Uh, hmm. So this uh, so this is the from the but DC's what how to lose a guy gardener in ten days, which basically is their van their Valentine's anthology. Mm-hmm. So this entire story is. It fits in with 2024 you, that you have a whole you have a whole you have a whole journalist that's trying to do a hit piece. That's the whole that's the whole that's the whole sense. The, the uh, catalyst of this whole story is Vicky Vale. You know Vicky Vicky Vale, even though most people just probably at these at, I would say at this stage of the game, most people just recognize Vicky Vale mostly from the Batman 89 movies and from from the actual comic books. But she wants to do a hit a, a literal a literal hit piece on how horrible it would be to date a superhero. And she tries to line up other people so she could do this hit piece. And either they're, they got window what's going on or they're just too bright or, or they were too busy. But basically the only person she ends up willing to accept to go out, whether it's guy is guy Gardner, which proceeds to um, guy, you know, guys being true to himself, which we also know is not necessarily charming, but he may think it is. And of course, guy trying to impress her probably kicks it up at an even greater notch of of his obnoxiousness. So this creates a whole series of ten days, ten dates in which, to be fair, not all these things are really guy's fault necessarily. Like, but they but they all go horribly wrong from Vicky Vale's perspective. 
And then it finally leads to like day day 10 when Guy Gardner is, is, is he's telling her the story, which is would if she had let him finish would kind of mean that, hey, at least she was kind of growing on him and he kind of really liked dating her. But she just blows up on him or blows up at him, I should say, and just says, well, I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah, but she comes clean. Yes, I was planning on doing this hit piece on dating superheroes and, and you like how bad it would be. And you were, you know, worst of all. Like a week later, Guy Gardner, I mean, he comes to apologize for just being a jerk. She kind of apologizes for being a jerk, too. And Guy, in a touching scene, if you will, if there is one in this story, when she kind of tells the quote-unquote origin story about how she wanted a bike and she got finally got the bike after, you know, after waiting for it and being saving for it, she got the bike and it was stolen before she could ever ride it. Guy actually does research to try to make to, – to be as accurate as possible, creating a hard light construct of the bike that would be able to last for a day. And they go riding her on her little on her regular bike, him on his green construct motorcycle. And they ride off into the sunset as friends. And that pretty much is his story. I'll just say something I really like from a design perspective is how when she was telling her like her flashback about the bike, the panel borders were all like. A, almost amorphous blobs flowing around almost like a like a lava lamp kind of thing because it was like a a dreamlike memory it, there was like a there was like a surreal flow to the page instead of like the more traditional borders plus the purple color kind of factors into that too because the only thing that's really colored correctly are her and the bike yeah yeah Which, plus there's there's so much green in basically every other panel right. Uh, I mean, not only just Guy himself and his constructs, but like they're at a park or they're on Dinosaur Island or, you know, they're he's, you know, fl- she's wearing a green jacket and a green hat. You know, they, there's so much green throughout every nearly every page of this. The the purple definitely serves to set it apart from what everything else you've been reading this whole time. And the origin story, I guess, would make sense on some level, except it is kind of hard to reconcile this. this oh, yes, this is what made her want to be a a reporter and seek the truth and justice. And of course, the whole point of this story is that she's the, she is coming in to do a hit piece. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I think it's more of a more of a fluff piece than a hit piece. It's like, both. It's both. <laughs> though. I mean, you're right. Well, it's fluff because it's unimportant in the cosmic scheme of things. It's a hit piece because she because it's confirmation bias. She already has determined the angle how she wants to approach the story, and she's looking for, she's looking for evidence to support a conclusion she's already reached. Yeah. Uh, so and and it's and it's not and, and it's not like she's it's not like she's overly fair to him because because yeah he's he's a dick. But you know the the seaside gator getaway being invaded by Starro that's not exactly Guy Gardner's fault. Although he did give her a bouquet of flowers yes. that had a black mercy in it, and apparently it got her. That that was the I, I thought that that was a great touch. That that is actually probably the, the last two are the are the ones that really you can blame him for, and not showing up for dinner the second time. Yeah, yeah. he was trying to he was trying to cook her cook dinner, and that and that went horribly wrong. Uh, the dinosaur island, and he, yeah, he was more preoccupied with going after and hunting the quote unquote the dinosaurs and spending time with her but you know the, the horror movie thing just because of what just because he tried to kiss her it is date four after all i mean that's yeah. not exactly horrible and even the refuse to pay the bill first i when i first read that i thought he was trying he just you know basically he didn't have bring money to pay the bill and it's like no obviously he had there was something happening during dinner that he that he was not happy with and he was complaining 
and that's why he refused to pay for dinner. So, so it's at least half of these are at least are not really guy just being a 100% jerk, and it's not like she was coming into the situation being open-minded. <laughs> Although I I still kind of like, and I don't know if it's just a novelty of it or whatever, but I like seeing Vicky Vale in this role, yeah. even if even if it's just like just the fact that like I don't see her in comics very often. Maybe I would if I read more Bat books. I don't know. I don't know how often she's around. But also, I like seeing her in the context of not a Batman story. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was telling Mark too. It was an interesting choice to 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 put Vicky in here, and I didn't hate it. Um, I thought it was pretty well done. Like, look, it's 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 part of an anthology series, and the intent of the theme behind the story is romance, or you know, it's a Valentine's Day special. So like. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, um, chain gates already up that you can't go past. Uh, so now build your story. But I thought it was still pretty well done. I, I'm surprised at how much I like the art. And I also got to give a shout out to the the colorist. Is it Nick Flarty? And the artist is Nick uh, Nick Nobles. Is that it? Do I have that right? Uh, I'm trying to get back it. to that. Trying to get back to that page. page. Nick Robles is the artist, written by Kenny Porter. Color, Nick Filardi, and letters by Travis Lanham. Um, I'd like, I like uh, the art here, especially on a lot of the close-ups. There are times when guy looks strange here or there, but otherwise, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, and the colors really at, help help the art here, especially. I don't know why, but I really like that first panel where we see the the second panel, I guess, really on the page where we see Vicky for the first time because she's in detail. Some of the foreground characters are in detail, but then it, it just sort of fades out into colors and silhouette. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool looking. Yeah. One of that's the, an effect they do elsewhere as well. No, yeah, definitely. And like one of the best things for me about these anthologies is the fact that we get to see so many writers, artists and colorists that we don't normally see work on these characters, take a shot at them. Like out of all the credits you just read, Travis Lanham as the letterer is the only person that I've seen on Green Lantern projects in recent memory, at least. So, yeah, this was really nice. And yeah, it was constrained by a theme, but I don't know. I've seen anthology stories that are way worse to get their theme across, you know? And I also do like the the. effort he goes through to make a a semi-permanent construct because that you know speaking of you know talking about like the green lantern series and stuff like that and and talking about powers that we haven't seen in a while making permanent or semi-permanent constructs is something we haven't seen in a while because i know uh what yeah how statue was one right yeah yes yeah so uh, it's i'm have we seen guy do one i mean I, i there's i'm sure he has but uh it's yeah, I, don't I think know. it's really cool. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't consciously remember him doing it. But see, yeah, you know, I don't I don't you know, guy is who he is. That's yeah. what it comes down to. So but I I don't think he really comes across that horribly in this book. And I think in some levels he comes across better than her because at least his intentions are are honest from the get go. I mean, he's not he's not. It's not like they put and I'll give them credit for this. It's not like they portray him as like this lech, like just looking to get her in bed immediately or anything like that, that, you know, he's making a concerted effort to, you know, to put into dating her and into and, 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 um, yeah, it's the guy Gardner way. But 
So he, his intentions are more pure, quote unquote, and more straight up honest than hers. And he's off the apologetic, too, at the end when, you know, she could have if she really cared, she could have reached out to, to him to apologize, too, because of the whole premise of them getting together was just so she could write this horrible story about how it was to date him. That's that's a lot. That argue, maybe not arguably, but I'll be kind and be objective. That's arguably at least as shitty as any of the things Guy did because he wasn't doing it on purpose. And we don't know. And even the thing when he didn't show up on that date, we don't know why. You would you'd probably assume it was honestly Green Lantern stuff, why he couldn't show up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I think even though she wasn't telling him the whole truth, I I think it really does come down to you know, when she was talking about like, oh, I wanted to, I I I don't usually go for your type, basically. So I that's why I picked you. And like, I think that's what it really fundamentally is. Like, he it, guy is a a really brash jock kind of kind of party guy, and that is not the kind of person that she would normally go out with. So yeah, she was setting herself up for failure here, and that pretty intentionally but at but you know i forgot what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) i basically like i i don't think it ever presented guy gardner as being some jackass it was it's just hey these are genuinely two romantically incompatible people that were never going to hit it off but only one of them went into this situation knowing that and that is the point that they had to reconcile. I like I like how DC felt the need to to really drive that point home and re- let us know, hey, this isn't a romance that's going to continue because it literally put just, just friends, friends I, with, with the, at the end of the story with the, with the with the big with the big heart, which is kind of weird too. But it's like, uh, yeah, um, I think it could have actually been a lot funnier if the if they rode through a heart made out of the word friendship. Or something like that. <laughs> or the smoke from his motorcycle or something. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought the art was good. I, I like the story. I, I like the story a lot more than I figured I was going to. Um so I Yeah, I mean good. I didn't I didn't read every story in either of these anthologies, but uh I have to say uh, I I feel like the quality of some of the stories in the anthology late in in the anthologies lately has has picked up because anthologies used to be kind of a diamond dozen and not really worth your time. Plus they, I mean, they are expensive, um, you know, in terms of page count and everything. So trying to get somebody to pick one up, um, you know, if they've been really crap in the toilet the past few years, then uh, it's not really worth your time. But I feel like a lot of the anthologies these days, I mean, if you, if you got the cash, I don't see why not. It's, it's been pretty fun as of late. Yeah. And I didn't get the chance to read, any of the other stories yet but i flipped through and actually actually i forget if it was this one or the other anthology we just talked about but one of them had a story where uh mr mixix pitlick was on paradise island bothering nubia and i'm like i don't think i've ever seen that character menace the wonder woman family that's kind of cool like like if if weird little things like that can come out in anthologies like this, then yeah, that's that kind of creativity is going to interest me enough to pick them up. Yeah, for sure. Also the cover, we got a nice Amanda Connor cover. Uh, Is the woman in the back left? I forget her name. Is that 
she was Guy's girlfriend who almost married Hal when they thought Guy was dead. Like, yeah, way uh, back Carrie, in the Silver Age. Yeah, Carrie Limbo. Nice, great yep. poll. <laughs> no, right, I'm I'm assuming that's Carrie. It's been a long time since we've seen her, right, Mark? Yeah, I'm going to. That's probably yeah. Con- considering the pattern of what the cover is supposed to represent, that there's every reason to believe that. I guess the only other thing I have to say about this is like, I I actually. Back when this movie came out, I did see it with friends because, I don't know, we saw movies a lot. And I went back and looked at, like, the plot summary, and I was surprised how that how far this story, like, went from the plot of the movie. Because, like, in that movie, like, he has, like, he has a bet that he can definitely get any woman to fall in love with him, and she has a thing where she's trying to make him break up with her and like they're working against each other and not never neither is willing to to give up so i just thought that was strange i mean they they absolutely in the grand tradition of north's illustrated swimsuit edition they (laughs) came up with the pun first and wrote the story around it all right did anybody have anything else they wanted to say about either of these two anthologies tonight no i think overall better than expected especially from the the guy gardner one but yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I can't like if you if you can only afford one oversized issue, I can't I don't know which one I would go with. I think I think that would largely depend on reading the other actual stories and the the rest of it. But if it's just based on these two, I don't know, man. Like I, I love far sector stuff and I love Jamal Campbell's art, but I might say guy just because there's more kind of new there. This is the, there's, there's nothing new and revelatory or anything about the epilogue for the far sector thing. It's just in terms of experiencing something you haven't yet, I would probably say the guy is, is more uh, unique, I guess, than the far sector one. I, 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 I want, I like them both obviously, but just in terms of if you could only get one, I might say the guy. I mean, make no mistake, the Far Sector story is not written for new readers whatsoever. It And given for what it is, it shouldn't be. Like, the entire point of the story is, hey, let's get the two creators that were responsible for that series and let them come back for one final pass on this world they created, say goodbye to these characters and just kind of have their final word on that this whole project and like we're probably never going to see them reunite to do anything with Joe or the city enduring ever again, regardless of what the character and that location have in their future at DC. So if you liked Far Sector, then it's a no brainer. Get the thing that has the end of Far Sector in it. But otherwise, if you if you're like, I didn't read that, I'm going to be totally lost. Then, yeah, read a read a, a pretty nice guy Gardner story. Yeah, it was more like an old home week doing the doing the far sector thing. And then just the fact that having it, it would almost be like that vibe if the uh, upcoming Kyle Rayner backup story was written by Ron and drawn by Daryl, which, of course, it's not. But <laughs> but it'd yeah, be like I, that. But it would be like that. Heaven forbid that maybe once a decade they actually let Ron and Daryl draw to a Kyle story together again they but, did they did get dale eaglesham who like you know he did have an extensive run on kyle but, no i uh, know i know but still it gets it, some of that stuff gets some of it gets annoying when it's like what did, did they lose his number but that's a difference that's a story for another day but yeah i think i would say the guy even just based on the expectation 
the guy's story is is better than expected. And again, like Dan pointed out, and I mentioned earlier too, it's like if you're not really into Far Sector, or even if you were, but it's been a long time since you read anything in uh, the city enduring that it's not it's not the easiest thing. To, it's it's like being thrown back into the deep end of the pool to a large extent, even with the first it like the first page primer introducing all these characters. So, yeah, I will say there. I I don't remember what anthology it was. It was in the last few years where they the there wasn't a whole lot of information released about the contents, but we did know like oh there's gonna be a Joe Moline story in there. And I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. And then I saw the credits. I'm like, wait a second. N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. Oh, my God. Did they get them back to do new Far Sector material? And I was so excited. And then I got it. And I started reading it. And they just reprinted part of one issue yeah, of Far Sector. Yeah, I remember that one. And yep. I was so upset. And mm-hmm. so and th- so the fact that this came around and actually happened this time, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I can fill that hole that they left in my heart now. <laughs> A Far Sector-shaped hole. I'm not sure what shape that would be, but, you know. <laughs> All right. What else do we want to talk about tonight? Yeah, it's like it's like we go from feast to famine. Now we actually have time, so I have to figure out where I want to go first. <laughs> I have some things too, but uh, I know you've been wanting. There's some stuff you've been wanting to talk about. So is, is your stuff toy related? Uh, about the stuff that that's been rumored, yes. Yeah, because I that that was one of the things on my list too that we were gonna, we were gonna that I figured we'd seg- segue into. So let's do let's do the, yeah let's do the regal refillable bucket and cup that I've wanted to talk about since they pretty much announced well. Maybe not since they announced it in December, but since I actually got one. So I've been dying to just talk about this a little. This shouldn't take long. Uh, So for Regal, Regal has for 2024, and they started selling these in December of 2023. They actually have a refillable popcorn bucket and a refillable soft drink cup. 160 ounce bucket, 32 ounces, which is basically a small drink, refillable cup. So how much these things cost to buy depends on if you buy them individually or you buy them in a combo because you save money if you get both. And it also depends if you're a Regal Crown Club member or you're not. Or And it also depends, honestly, if you're an unlimited member because you unlimited members save 10% off concession. So it's, a, so it's still a little bit cheaper, especially on refills, if you are an unlimited member. But if you are a Crown Club member, it's $14 just to get the cup. $22 for the bucket, which I believe is a hybrid size. I think it's between a medium and a large popcorn. But you can get them both for $32. And the real thing that's cool about this, the refills then, you so you basically you're buying the cups or you're buying the bucket. And then every time you come back to get the cup refilled, it's $4 for a soft drink. A little bit more for an icy, though I haven't, I can't prove it yet because I haven't had an icy refill. <laughs> but it's supposed to be a little bit more. And it's six dollars for the popcorn, four dollars for the soft drink. And like I said, if you're an unlimited member, you save ten percent off. But the, so it, it's really interesting because it certainly depends how you use your reward points. To me, whether that how what you should get. Like I use my reward points, and my friend, my other friend Dan, we use our reward points for popcorn. So that so it didn't make any sense to buy the bucket because then we'd still have to pay every week for popcorn when now we don't because we always get a free small popcorn. But for a soft drink, which are around here, is a, 
and I don't know if it's standard around the country. I'm not sure if it's universal pricing around the country for Regal. We know tickets, I don't think, tend to be. But the soft drink is like like $6.10 the last time I checked, a free small. So the fact that you're saving, it's $4 for the refill every week. And basically, it's 360 if you're an unlimited member because you're saving the 10% off. That's a pretty good deal because you're saving like 250 every week. So if you go to the movies, even if you're going to the movies once a month, let alone more than once a month, that's going to pay for itself pretty quickly. Plus, the day you get either the popcorn or the or the cup, not only do you get the initial fill up, you get a free refill that day. So you save the receipt. You might always save your receipt. But if you don't, that day you save the receipt. So if you get a free drink, I mean, you get your drink when you get the first when you get the cup, then you can come back later that day and get it refilled one time for that's built into the initial price. And that's what I did with the icy because they don't care what you get in the cup the first time. So I got an icy the first time and then I got a refill on the icy. But that's all I wanted. That's really all I wanted to say about it. I think it's a I think it's a good deal if you go to the movies on a regular basis and and if you how you use your reward points if you're a crown club member really depends on what's be, what's better you know what's a better deal whether the bucket is or the combo because this, if you're an unlimited member you don't really need free tickets so I don't, I don't know what you would use the reward points for on a regular basis if you weren't using it for popcorn or for soda so that's the only reason to me why it's i don't think both really is a good deal certainly for me but for some people it might be and obviously if you're a non-member but you you go fairly often, though I don't know why you wouldn't get a Crown Club card if you don't, because that's free. Then it probably would be worth it, too, even though it's more money. It's like $38 to get both together. But that's it. I just want to get off, get that off the plate. And you have to re, you have to clean your cup. That's the thing we should point out. And the bucket. Whatever you buy, you have to clean and bring back. They give you a new lid for your, for your cup every time you come, every time you go. But you have to clean it. And I guess, theoretically, if you... If you did a half-ass job or didn't bother cleaning it, they have a right to refuse to fill it up. But, <laughs> but and here I thought you were just really excited about that Dune popcorn. I was gonna make the like same the, joke. Oh, the, the AMC I one. Yeah, I was gonna make the, the same joke. <laughs> I know that is that is that Mark, is funny. Mark is just really excited about getting elbow deep into a big sandworm or whatever those things are called. Like that's. Uh, did anybody get the Blue Beetle one? Uh, no, but I wanted to. I've never really cared about popcorn buckets uh, or anything like that or collectability or design, but having it be the beetle, that's kind of cool. Although now we're going to have a, uh, I'll say, more structural, structurally stable option coming up soon. What, are you talking about the multiverse or the DC superpowers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I saw that uh, McFarlane super superpowers line uh, making a vehicle out of Brainiac ship and in the bug. That's cool. That is Speaking. That, is, that is cool. Okay. I was well before you get to me. Just, the saw. I have the saw. I think I mentioned I have the saw bucket. I got the saw 10 bucket, which at the time was ridiculous. That was like the highest price combo they ever had was get to, to getting the big cup with the top with the with the Billy, the puppet topper and the and the metal tub. But that. that that's about the only other thing you could use reward points on. You can get some of the old, older buckets as they become less in anymore. You can probably order those, but that's it. Sorry, Chad. <laughs> Thanks for cutting off my perfect segue. <laughs> well, I figured I was going to lose my segue if I didn't, but I'm uh, no, sorry. It's fine. Speaking of McFarland, uh, this is not going to matter to you guys as you hear this, although you know it may still be available for pre-order or whatever or purchase. Uh, when you hear it, so as you hear this, run and check on Amazon. 
But McFarland Toys today, as we record this, teased a drop for February 9th at 9 a.m. Uh, uh, Pacific and 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern on Amazon. So I guess they're doing like a their gold label releases were, you know, Walmart and everything. They're, they're doing this release only on Amazon. And it's very clearly Green Lanterns because they have uh, accessories of actual lanterns, one of which is an oversized figure holding a construct hammer. And the other is a humanoid lantern holding a construct sword and has he has a Green Lantern battery. And the Green Lantern battery in question for the human lantern is very clearly the exact same design they gave the construct for Kyle Rayner figures in the past. Um, And if we think large Green Lantern holding a construct hammer, crowd, please. Kilowog. So we're pretty sure there's a Kilowog and Kyle two pack uh, coming uh, for Amazon exclusive from McFarland. I just hope it's not the same exact Kyle figure and they they just want to get people to buy it because they throw Kilowog in with it. Yeah, one would hope. Did you see this uh, image, Dan? I did. I'm I'm continually surprised at how many green lantern figures mcfarlane is cranking out even if a lot of them are like reusing the same molds and whatever but like there's so many every year and it's just good to see so it's good to see somebody providing green lantern characters in a form that isn't like a statue that costs somewhere between 300 and a thousand dollars more like seven hundred and a thousand. All those, all those statues that we've seen in the recent years. Some of them I've wanted, especially that Kyle one. Yeah. Um, they're just, they're so far outside my price range. Even if I had the money, it's like, can I justify spending this much money? Well, on also, this where, statue? also, where do you put it? Because like, yeah. like I saw somebody. Uh, uh, I forget who it was. Somebody posted a picture because they got theirs, and the box it comes in was like just like a few inches shorter than like the height of a couch. So like <laughs> I don't know, you would have you got to have the right space to to to, yeah. to branch your fandom into that direction. But yeah, no, hopefully this is great. Hopefully this is a Kyle and Kilowog 2 pack and everybody who's still salty about not getting that DC Round Robin Green Lantern mini series can act, reenact their own in toy form. So that is February 9th, um, but obviously, as you guys hear that, that'll have already passed. So just run over to Amazon and see if it's still available if you didn't pick it yet, pick it up yet. And speaking of uh, of things going on, uh, Target Con is coming up. It's I don't know why it has its own name. It's kind of stupid. It's just basically a big block specific day where they drop a lot of Funko uh, Funko Pops that are exclusive to target all on one day. It's like 10 or 15 of them. Um, so they, but they came up with its own name, target con. And this year it's on the 18th of February. The rumored list includes an entry for red lantern, Hal Jordan. Now I say rumored because we haven't yet seen, as we record this, we have not yet seen a photo of Hal Jordan. That said, there's a Sesame street Elmo on tricycle ride. Um, uh, in this list, we've seen a leak of that pop. There's a Sonic Shadow and Amy two pack. We've seen leaks of those pops. So some of these entries that are showing up on this list have already been revealed. So to me, as a Funko fan, that kind of lends credence to the rest of the list. 
So keep your eyes out for the target drop on the 18th of February for a Red Lantern Hal Jordan, just in case. I cannot believe Target Con is a thing that exists. <laughs> Tar- target Con? Is this is this the first year? Have they done this before? Um, they've done it for several years, but it, you know, it's 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 a con in name only. There's no you know, there's no tables, there's no entry fee. It's just uh we happen to drop all of these Target exclusive uh, exclusive Funkos on one day. Let's call it a name. Uh, so they said Target Con. Con god so is will will there at least be lots of like like <laughs> green arrow cosplayers going to target together or like i'm sure there will be lines outside of target because that does happen with all of these exclusives well yeah um, you got to line up for the panel room <laughs> well like there's some there's there's two different stranger things one stranger things is a pretty popular line right now um there's an nba one with steph curry uh pokemon pops are 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 kind of big right now there's a uh an umbreon oversized one uh, and umbreon's a very popular evolution so i can definitely you have your punk (laughs) so uh there's definitely going to be some people in line outside of target on the 18th to go get this so uh, definitely, uh, as you guys hear this episode, go check and see, because I would assume that by the time this episode actually drops, if this is real, we should have, we should see an image of it by now, or if not very, very soon. So but that's the only news in terms of merch that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. And, and the other, the thing that led me down this path, obviously, besides what we had talked about during the day, which you went over that I went back and double checked to see whether the Amazon exclusive glow in the dark. Al Jordan Parallax McFarlane figure was still available for pre-order and it's not, it's sold out. <laughs> so that this is, this, it doesn't mean it won't be back in stock, but it, but so this is a much better version of that horrible McFarlane gold label Parallax figure that came out that number one, the hair is the right friggin' color. So that helps. Uh, it, it's hard to tell in the image whether they did a better job with the, with the gray temples. I don't, doesn't look like they did a much better job, but it does glow in the dark. And just the mere fact that the hair is actually brown, like it should be, that's a step in the right direction. So that, how do the teeth look? Huh, thank God they don't look at all. They look normal. To, they look normal like a parallax should. Aww. yeah. Maybe next time. I I, I I didn't I didn't decide to pick this one up. I don't think I will. Um, I'm I'm trying to get into a decluttering phase. You know, kind of looking around this place and seeing lots of stuff I like. Obviously, I've surrounded my stuff. There's nothing I put on the wall that I don't like, obviously, but do I need it this far into life? And do I want to put it in a box and move it to the next department and the next one and the next one? Uh, I don't know. I'm starting to think about downsizing. So it's really affecting some of my purchases nowadays. Like I look at this figure of Betrocitus in this Red Lantern batman that i have and it's like yeah it's a cool looking figure but do i really did i really need it why do i have it there's lots, <laughs> there's lots of stuff we end up getting that we have buyer's remorse whether it's immediate or maybe a year or so down the road yeah i don't i don't know whether i needed batrocitus either uh but yeah. obviously the parallax the fact that the, if they had not fixed the sculpt i mean they fixed the hair at least i talked the sculpt looks mostly the same once you once i get it then i'll be able to put it side by side with the original one, even though I did paint the original one, but I'll at least be able to tell them to see if they fix, if there's anything different about the basic design of, and the, in the body and the face 
but it was to me that was worth it because the glow in the dark that does look like the glow in the dark stuff was pretty good but uh well i mean i think it's also due to the like so the the green lantern batman figure that they do which i still don't have but that one i do like i won't have buyer's regret about that um the exclusive version or the chase or whatever you want to call it is just a fully transparent like green translucent version right. of the same figure i don't i don't need that i, I don't care uh, the Sinestro that came out, uh, the Yellow Lantern Sinestro, the chase variant or whatever you want to call it of that one was like a part green, part yellow. Part yellow. Yeah. yeah. Which, it's it's, it's kind of ugly. I don't need that. I don't I don't care why. Um, so like lots of these different ones are just like, you know, OK, cool. If, if you're into it, I guess go for it. But I don't I don't really see the point like the. Um, the version of Alan that came out before the classic version, Alan, like the, the Alan that's got like fire coming from his eyes or whatever. Now that we have the regular Alan from McFarland, which I also still need to get. Why did we go with this otherworldly metal version with the fire coming from his eyes, Alan? Did anybody was was anybody really excited about that other than, hey, McFarland's doing an Alan Scott figure? It's also an ugly design. Yeah. In the comic. So, like, absolutely, McFarlane, keep it up, because this classic Kyle looks fantastic. I really love Blue Lantern Kyle. Yellow Lantern Batman is cool as shit. Deathstorm, the Deathstorm interpretation of the Black Lantern figures, that one was pretty freaking cool. Um, so there's a, lots of stuff that McFarlane has been doing that I'm really excited for. But there have been a couple of where I was just like, okay, they're just doing a Batman variant because they know Batman sells. Um and then, you know, others where I'm just like, why? Why why did you mold that and create a box and release? Why why did you create this? Why does this exist? Uh, and I think the biggest one for me, though, is, is that Alan with a fire coming from Because that was the first Alan we got for some godforsaken reason. And then we got regular Alan. So I don't know what the hell they're doing. Well, that, well that's, that's, well, that's cl- clearly what they do. They did the same thing with with Kyle, they gave us arguably his shittiest costume first. And then they gave it. And then, and then they did the classic costume and what, then they did the blue lantern costume and we're still waiting for the white, which is, which would be much cooler than what, than doing another Kyle and his, and some variation of his original green lantern costume. Maybe I would be very curious how they do his visor for the white lantern one. It could look shitty. <laughs> it could, but at least but we don't have that. We don't get that many white lantern figures. Speaking of the yeah. toys, and the McFarland, we should mention that for those who either did get or didn't get the green, uh, these not the green, the classic Sinestro uh, superpowers figure, there is going to be a Sinestro in the Sinestro Corps uniform coming out. And it's a Kilowog. Just, yes, and a Kilowog. The only difference is right now there were no pre-orders available for the Sinestro, for the Sinestro figure. The Sinestro figure is either going to be they're not going to have. If they're going to make them available to order online, it's probably going to be a little closer to when this, they come out, which is supposed to be April. But it is interesting that that you can only get like on Entertainment Earth, you could only get the uh, case. You could get the case of six. But which, mind you, if the figures are cool. So if you don't have any of them, then you might want that. But if you're just looking to get Sinestro in a Sinestro Corps uniform, well, you can't pre-order that. You couldn't pre-order that one figure, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, much much in the same way I was talking about kind of the decluttering. I was like, look, that Sinestro is really cool, but I don't know if I need it because I'm looking at like my the only superpowers figure I have right now, which is the John Stewart one, which was the first one they dropped. And I was thinking like, 
if I got any more, I probably would just limit myself to Green Lanterns. And these in particular are so mass produced. They're still the first wave is still on the peg at most like Walmart. Yeah. Um, these are so mass produced. These would honestly just be I, I I'll probably end up keeping my John Stewart and I'll probably end up getting Hal and Kilowog because I don't have either. Um, but I probably will r- end up ripping them out of the blister and then just tossing them in the basket that I have set aside for when my nieces and nephews come over, you know, I'll just let them have, you know, those toys to play with because I don't, I don't know that I need these superpowers figures in a massive collection for myself. And I don't know that I need them on the blister to be honest. So, but the, but the regular Sinestro, I, I haven't gotten mine yet, but the, but the, but the one in his classic costume, which now I've I've learned to really hate, generally speaking. But he, but that figure actually looks good. Yeah. And the blue and the the blue and the black costume. But but again, depending, we don't know how difficult it's going to be to find that one figure because I still find that it's odd that you can't do a pre, they didn't have any pre-orders available for it yet. That, given the choice, if I was only going to get one, I'd rather have the Sinestro Corps uniform. But <laughs> yeah, for but sure. That, but again, that's how they do it. They stick you with the costume that you. They stick you with a figure you want in the in the and co- the costume you don't prefer, just because they know people will run out and get it because it's the first one. Then then eventually they'll give you the ones that you want, and it's like ah. <laughs> so one one last thing for me, uh, there are lots of rumors going around about what the MCU is going to do with Iron Fist. Because I guess that could be the Netflix show or characters that gets revisited next, even though in what form is still up in the air, too, because I guess there's some rumors it could be animated, let alone live action. But there's also lots of rumors about what's going on, like whether uh, Finn Jones is going to come back. But the one thing that's been pretty consistent that they've been talking about, which has gotten people going batshit crazy, because this is a perfect example of people not really paying attention to things and. And part of it's also like the boy who cried wolf. So Disney, Disney and Marvel don't entirely get a pass on this because they've created, they've, they've given people reason to overreact and read into things. But the one consistent part of the rumors is that they're going to be focusing in on, at least to start with, on female Iron Fist. Which, of course, if you watch the show, that would be our beloved Colleen Wing, Jessica Henwick, who's been holding out to come back for that role forever. So I feel I would feel great for her. If she gets to come back because she's wanted to redo that or replay that role forever, which is one of the reasons why she ultimately ultimately decided not to consider getting the role as Shang-Chi's sister in that movie, because she knew if she did, that would kill her chances to be Colleen again, that people are jumping on this and going, oh, here's Marvel in Disney. They never learn MCU, MCU. And if you lived in a vacuum, you could understand why people just because it's not like Marvel and Disney haven't given you reason to think that because they've done a whole lot of that, you know, gender swapping characters. And let's decide to focus on the female version of the character and and then push the male version aside or degrade the male version to build up, you know, the female version. This obviously ain't it if you watch the Netflix show, because, you know, when that show ended, Colleen was the main Iron Fist. Yeah, the post credit scene had I made it clear that Danny had somehow gotten some powers back, but that's how it was left. She was in New York. She was Iron Fist. So if they pick up with that, they're not MCUing anything. That's exactly where it was long before the MCU went off the rails. So it just kind of angers me that, especially because I like Jessica Henwick so much and she's waited to play this role. She likes this role so much and she's actively been trying to get back into this role that she could end up catching crap for no reason just because people are, and she let's be blunt, she was the best part of that show to begin with. And it's like, oh, she's just going to get caught with the flack 
just get caught with the flack from other stuff that Marvel and Disney has done. And it just kind of bothers me. Also, not for nothing, but the concept of female Iron Fist came from, uh, I believe it first showed up in The Immortal Iron Fist by Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction, David Aja from decades ago yeah. in a f- absolutely fantastic series and when, uh, which dealt it with the legacy of the Iron Fist and told dedicated entire issues to, hey, here's this Iron Fist from this era and telling their stories. And one of them, at least one of them, was a female Iron Fist. And everybody fucking loved her because that, that story was great. So I don't know. Like, I guess if you didn't know any of this stuff existed already, then it might look one way. But just in general, just everybody, anybody who ever unironically says the words MCU needs to just shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, I'm, I won't go that I won't go that far because, again, this is one of the like I said, this is part of it's like a, the boy who cried wolf stuff because they have created the environment by and they because they are, have been guilty of the diversity for diversity's sake. Disney is generally speaking. Marvel's obviously done it, but they're part of Disney that. Checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. Some of that stuff they've clearly done. And they and so because they've done it, it makes it easy for people to just say, oh, they're doing it now again, even if that's not really the reason. Now, in this case, it's really lazy to do it because, again, this stuff with, with Colleen in particular was established long before any problems with the you know, any of those problems started creeping into the MCU. So that's what angers me, because, again, it's like. If you watched if you watched any of those shows, if you watch either Iron Fist or watch the De- the Defenders, any of this stuff, you understand that you know Colin. You know, they didn't not just introducing this character, number one, just to oh because we we don't want we don't want the we don't want Iron Fist to be a white male. That's not why, in all intents and purposes, they did it. And again, she was the best part of the damn show. So it's, but I get what you're saying. Yes. People should be a little more discriminating before they just throw labels on anything. And that happens to be. And in this instance, this is definitely not evidence of or another. Oh, there they go again. There's no reason to believe that based on if you understand picking up where they left off. But again, they've created an environment where it's really easy for people to say, well, it's it still probably is. I don't believe it in this case, but. Yeah. I'd be uh, I'd be interested to see rest some more of the the, the Netflix stuff. Uh, coming up because I really did dig Jessica Jones. I know a lot of people had some problems with um, uh, Luke Cage for some reason. I thought it was really fantastic to be perfectly honest. You know, obviously the Daredevil stuff is going to be big. Iron Fist is obviously the shaky one because a lot of people pan that one for a little bit. Yeah, it definitely was the worst of them, I think, but it, it had some great moments. And I thought, I thought Iron Fist and Luke Cage when, when they got together, um, I don't know if it's just the actors had really great chemistry or something, but there always seemed to be like a, a little pickup in those moments. And it wasn't just because, um, uh, you know, oh, my God, Danny and Luke are on the screen together. You know, like the, the, the cameo of it all. They actually had good chemistry on screen. And I thought it was fun when those two got together. Um, I would like to see some continuation. What was the? I don't did she even die? What was the old woman's name who was part of the fist? Or whatever, not the fist, the um, the 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 hand. Oh God, I don't even remember at this point. Because she was also kind of like a crossover character who would appear in multiple of the shows, right? Oh, I thought you. Uh, are you talking about one that was part of started with Daredevil? 
Yeah, so yeah, like because I didn't because I barely watched Daredevil. Adam so. Gao. Oh, Adam you're Gow. right. Okay, that, that's you're right. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, I thought she was a really great character character because we did see her like talking with um, with Kingpin during some of the Daredevil stuff. We did see her in Iron Fist. Uh, I think we saw her in Luke Cage briefly at one point. Um, but I always thought it was cool to have her there. Obviously, we saw her in Defenders, but uh, some of the world that was built out between like the hand and stuff like that. And then last we saw um, the freaking uh, what's what's the name of the freaking city that Iron Fist is from? Kunlun. Yeah, it had disappeared. Right. So there's so much more stuff to explore there. <laughs> I want I was I was going to say New York. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be wrong because yeah. it was kind of an open ended question. Uh, <laughs> And plus, I'm sure I would be stunned that they don't bring Mike Coulter back eventually, because I think I, I think more, so good. And plus, remember, we, the, the way it ended was so perfect with that with that literal that literal Godfather homage with with the way it went to black with people coming in to, you know, and pay pay respects to him as he basically took over that. Uh, so I think that and it had a terrific soundtrack. Luke Cage. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I'd like to see Misty come back, not just because I like the actress, but I think, but it, I think, I, I think that especially because they, they've now retconned their retcon. The first, the Netflix shows were originally in continuity. Then shortly after everything, all, then they, then they for a while they said they weren't going to be, and now as Daredevil is about to come out, or as it's filming, they've more, the MCU has kind of retconned it again to say, yeah, the Netflix shows are in continuity, which is probably why. The rumors of Iron Fist and all these other characters, and which will open the door for the other, the other defenders, if you will, to come back because of the fact that now it's kind of continuity. They are kind of like dangling threads that at some point should be deal. And and I, and I would be very. I think Jessica Henwick deserves to be a star. She may never be. I mean, she could, she could follow the path like uh, Gugu Mabata Raw, who's in a lot of stuff, but she never has had the the part that's really made her, uh, you know put her on the map other than just being a supporting actress. And I'd like to see, Je- you know, Jessica Henwick get to that point, but I know she loves that character so much and she's, and she'd been so loyal to it and hoping to come back. Not that she was ever promised that role in Shang-Chi, you know, but she made the right choice. I mean, she had a script for the matrix and she knew what that role was going to be. She didn't even have a script for Shang-Chi and there was no, and she wasn't offered the part. She was just offered a chance to audition for the part, read for the part. So she made the right call. Plus, she wants to be wanted to be Colleen again. So I would like her to get that chance. And I hope by the time that happens, people will stop being in this particular instance, stop being dicky about it because she she doesn't deserve that. Nor does the character because the character was awesome. All right, guys, I think that's going to do it for tonight. Dan, thanks for joining us. It's been a while. So why don't you tell people what's going on over on Mosaic Comics? Uh, first, I just want to apologize for my prior statement. There's nothing wrong with Umbreon. It's a very fine Pokemon. But <laughs> come on, it's it's no Sylveon, who's clearly the best evolution. Uh, but over on the channel, I've got another audience Q&A video coming out soon. Those are always a lot of fun. And, you know, I spend a lot of time covering comics from the 90s to today. So I figured I should reach back into the Silver Age and find something fun to talk about. And Hey, did you know there was another Lantern Corps back in 1982? They're called the Anti-Green Lantern Corps, and they yep. appeared exactly once in Green Lantern number 150. <laughs> it's a very fun and sometimes nonsensical issue that I have a great time breaking down. And you can find all of that and more at Mosaic Comics on YouTube. 
You didn't, you didn't invite Jim on for that episode? You, oh. know, he, you know he loves that. <laughs> I mean, that's more reason to keep him away. Oh, God. Uh, t- <laughs> tough love at its finest. Uh, lanterncast.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag geocast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, whichever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. Discord, if you want our Discord information too, uh, email us at lanterncast.com. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or a text, 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think. And yes, Manly Bands, Lanterncast 30 is our discount. Save 30% off anything in the DC collection through February 29th. So if you haven't and you're interested, Get hopping, people, because we know how time flies. This month will fly by. <laughs> yeah, and if you take advantage of the code, definitely let us know. We would love to hear that you guys uh, got it. And then also, once you get your ring, let us know what you think. Yes. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, good everybody. Night, everybody. Good night, good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs>